This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. peoples everywhere and then the bible says that the end uh, shall come so we want to be about our father's business but when we involve ourselves with father's business you'll find that god involves himself in a very uh, big way a greater way uh, in our business and in our situations when we partner with god and we we do partner with god financially and then we see that God partners with us financially. Finances uh, tend to be some, uh, something that we can put our trust in uh, and something uh, that um, we can have as treasure. Yet uh, the greater choice is that we put our trust in God and that we have him uh, as our treasure. And the Bible says this, that we lay up treasure in Uh, heaven. Here's a wonderful promise for the tither, and if I were you, I would be a tither. Uh, Sandy and I are tithers. I would would, uh, uh, encourage you. I would not want to not be a tither simply because this, that simple obedience to God allows God uh, to uh, place his circle of blessing around you. Remember, his love is unconditional, but his blessing is conditional. It says, if you will hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God to do all that he commands you, then he said that he would uh, lift us up and he would cause all of these blessings to come down upon us. The word if there is a conditional thing. So if you tithe, you can. this is the uh, promise that God has for each and every one of us who are a tither. It says, I will open the windows of heaven over you. I will pour out a blessing on you. And I will, everybody say, I will. Who's talking there? God. He says, I will rebuke the devourer. See, just outside of the blessing is the curse and the curser who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. If you're tired of being robbed from, no, it's not God. It's the enemy of God. So get yourself inside of this circle and you don't worry about the devil then or the devourer because God promised he would take care of that. He would see to it that you have seed to sow and that your seed will bring a full fruition. Your seed will come to absolute harvest in your life. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for the wonderful promises and opportunities and the options that you give to us. And especially today here and during this time, we thank you that we can participate with you. We can partner with you and be involved in what you're doing, advancing the kingdom of God. And we will be advantaged to advance with you. We thank you for the advantages of being obedient to you, Lord, that that places us square in the middle of your wonderful circle of blessing. And we just thank you for the blessing of God. brings no sorrow, but it does enable us, Lord, to be enriched in every way, in every form, that at all times and in any situation we have more than enough to be able to give and to be able to provide, Lord, for those who have not. In the name of Jesus, we declare the blessing of the tither over your people, both near and far. We thank you for it. Uh, Once again, online, you can uh, give online.
send. The uh, site is secure. Uh, you can also uh, mail that to the church, drop it off by the church. We have folks that send it by a friend, all kind of different ways. But get your uh, seed in good ground. The best money is always seed money. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, we're so glad that you're here with us today, both in the house and watching by Facebook or later on, maybe by YouTube or listening on the podcast. We're so excited that you're here uh, with us. You know, and I was just so thankful, you know, as they were uh, singing that song, you know, thank God for his mercy and for his love. I'm telling you, Uh, especially in these times uh, that we're in, we need some mercy and we need some extra love, don't we? Not only do we need to receive it from God, but we have got to learn to go give it away. So I encourage you today, let's let's learn to keep our eyes on God and learn to focus on him and less on everybody else and everything else. And I'll guarantee you things will start going better. We've got too much right now where we're focusing on everything and everyone else, and we're not listening to what God is saying. And I'll tell you, keep your trust in him, okay? Listen to what God is saying, and God will help you through these times. Well, Father, we just thank you, God, today for your word. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. And I ask you, God, today to help, God, that people's eyes and their ears of their heart will be open, God, to hear and to receive from you today. We declare already in the name of Jesus that the word of God, that the seeds of of good ground will be plowed up and good seeds will be planted into our lives, God, that we'll hear and receive your word. And not only will we hear it, we will be doers of it. In Jesus' name, and we thank you for it, Father. Well, we want to welcome you. Like I said, uh, we're a little off course uh, today because for those of you that tuned in or were here last Sunday... They did our church anniversary of 14 years, um, and we want to say thank you, and also those, uh, because October is also Pastor Appreciation Month, so for those of you also, for the kind words, kind cards, and, you know, the the uh, message that uh, Pastor Ron uh, brought, um, I just was over there just welling up in tears, but then I feel a little embarrassed when people say good things about you. You get all, you know, you want to crawl under the chair over there, but we just want to thank each and every one of you. So we're back on track for I Love My Church, and I'm doing number three, so we will be doing number four the 1st of November, and Pastor will be bringing that. So Our scripture uh, that we um, have based all of this on is started in Ephesians 2, 19 through 22, and this is actually in the message, and I'm going to read that. It says, that's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. With as much right to the name as Christian as anyone, God is building a home. He's using us all. Irrespective of how we got here and what he is building, he used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it. 
a temple in which God is quite at home. You know, like we've been talking about, we are God's house. But Christ, as the Son, is in charge of God's entire house. Now, we are God's house, and if we'll keep courage and remain confident in our home in Christ, in Hebrews 3, uh, 6, it tells us this, but, at, but Christ, as the Son, is in charge of God's entire house, and we are God's house, if we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. Now, listen, when we refer to God's house, we're usually people are thinking about a church physical building. But the Bible says that we, the people of God, are God's house. So what do you call the house you live in? You call it your home. We are God's home. In 2 Corinthians 6.16, it talks about, it says, I'll live in them, move into them, I'll be their God and they'll be my people. So we are God's house first. And then there's the physical house that we come together as a family, as a people of God. You know, the church is God's address. He lives on the inside of you and me. So wherever we go, he goes also. The church is God's dwelling place. He should be dwelling in each one of us. If not, he can by easily inviting him in to your life. So remember, wherever the church is, if he's in you and me, then that's where he will be. God is there. His presence, his power, his provision. You know, that's why we grow. We need to grow personally. That's why we come to church. That's why we listen to the messages over and over and over again. That's why we get into God's word daily. That's why we pray so that we can grow and then not only for ourselves, but then we're to go and help those out there that maybe don't know them or that are new to the Lord to help them to grow also. It's not about just getting what you can get and keeping it to yourself. It's about getting and learning and then go giving it away. Because remember what you give away you'll get back more. You know, whatever you sow, you shall reap. So it's about just not for ourselves to grow, but then we need to go and help and to spread the gospel. That's what God's kingdom is about, growing his family. He didn't come, see, just for you and me. He came, people came and witnessed to you. Now it's our turn to go and witness to others. Why? So that God's family can keep growing and expanding here in our community, at your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your state, and to the nations of the world. Even though we can't go, we send others. And what are we doing? We're growing God's family. God cares for his house. You know, in the natural, the owner of a house, whether you own it or you're renting, it is your responsibility to take care of, of it as much as possible. And then what you can't take care of, you either hire somebody or you get someone else to help you. But it is your responsibility to overlook that house. It's your responsibility to watch what comes in. You don't just let everybody, strangers, you don't leave your door wide open and let strangers walk in and out of your home, do you? So why do we do that in our own lives, spiritually? We listen to stuff we shouldn't be listening to. We're watching stuff we shouldn't be watching. We're listening to wrong voices we shouldn't be listening to. See, we need to be careful. What are we letting in to our house, into the temple of God? Be careful because you're the owner of this house. You're the owner of this temple. 
God's given you responsibility. So you can't blame others. Well, they said it. Well, you might have heard it, but you can also choose now what are you going to do with what you heard? It's just like when the doctor goes, you go to the doctor and he tells you, sorry, I have nothing for you. There's no hope. It's over. Well, now you can choose to take his report or you can say, thank you for that. But now I'm going to go and believe and receive from Dr. Jesus who said that I can have life and have it everlasting, that I can live long and strong, that I can be whole, that I can be, you know, uh, healthy in every area of my body, that I don't have to go till I'm satisfied. See, so be careful what, as the owner of your temple, what are we letting in? What are we saying? Okay? Because all of the promises of God's word belong to you and to me. It belongs to the church individually and corporately, okay? But we activate them. We activate God's promises by having faith and love and believing what he says. And then not only saying it, but acting on it. And then acting on it before you even see it. Begin to praise God before it even manifests. Because in what you're saying is, God, I believe you. I don't see it yet, but you said it, I believe it, and I've already received it. It may not have manifested right here, right now, but I've already received it because Father God said yes and amen on my behalf. So remember, it's not just for you, but it's for others. See, we can't say, well, you know what, God, there's so much going on and so much turmoil and so much you know, uh, uh, stuff that's going on in life right now. I can't deal with anybody right now. Well, thank God Jesus didn't say that to us. You know, he could have said that many times. He had a lot to deal with too. He had religious devils to deal with. He had those that he just did things for and then still would mock them. He had people that loved him, people that didn't, people that, you know, were saying all kinds of things. And good, great, good thing he didn't just say, well, you know what? This is just too much. <laughs> I can't deal with you right now. And that we can't have that attitude in life. Because, see, God's living on the inside of you. But he said, it's so what? You could go out and do greater than I did. It wasn't just about you holding it up for yourself. You're foreign no more. So we activate the power and the presence of God in our lives when we begin to act in faith and love and remember people for our life. I'll tell you, that helps me every morning when I want to get up and have a pity party. That I got to remember, guess what? There's somebody out out there that don't know you, that don't know God's love, that don't know that there's more to life than this right here. There's There's a thing called heaven. Eternal life. And that helps me to remember, you know what? You better get up, spend your time with God because somebody, somebody needs you to be at the right place at the right time and to say the right thing or that if God speaks to you to pray, that you're praying. That'll help you, people, for your life. Because when one hurts, we all are hurting. When one is in need, we all want to help that person. You know, as a family, that's what we do. That does not mean we're your God. We can't be your provider. But there are times in the family where we can step in. We can pray 
for you. We can love you. We might be able to help feed you. We might be able to help you in different ways. That's what family does. See, when one's in trouble, we surround. And let's, what can we do to help one another? That's how we become better and stronger, when we're there one for another. No member should ever, ever go through anything alone. Because together we really are better. Even when you do, that's why it's so important to be part of a church family. Because even though may you may not say anything, if you're connected and under the umbrella of this house, if you're going through something, God's going to speak to somebody. He's going to make sure that some buddies are praying for you. He's going to make sure, and he ain't going to go tell them all your business. But he'll lay it on your heart to pray for them, be there for them. That's why I'm telling you there's a supernatural strength and a bonding when we're together as a family because together we're better, together we're stronger. Because remember, when you're out here by yourself, see, you're in the danger zone. When you're out here by yourself, see, it's easy for the devil to get you because you don't have any protection. But when you lock together, With the church of God, the body of Christ, the family of God, now there's a strength. Now there's a bond that the devil cannot break. You know, God protects his house. When the enemy, in um, Isaiah 59, it says, When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him and put him to flight For he will come like a rushing stream, which the breath of the Lord drives. Now listen, I'm telling you, when you are together, we're stronger. You don't have to never do anything alone. You go, well, I've got God, yes, but also God does give Jesus with skin on. And there's something about when you've got people that are standing in faith and standing in agreement with you, I'm telling you, There's a strength that comes that's beyond any human strength that you could ever, ever experience. Through the centuries, many have tried to destroy the church, yet it's still standing. Even now, this year, the devil has tried to destroy the church, has tried to shut it down, shut it up, and do everything that he can. But guess what? It's not going to work. The church is getting stronger. The church is getting better. We're going to rise up like it uh, never before will he ever see. I'll tell you, he'll wish he ain't never messed around with some of this. And those that ain't been paying attention are going to start paying attention. And it should hopefully have challenged all of us to pray more, pray better, and get serious about business with God. Because this ain't no time to play church. There was a, a French philosopher called Voltaire. He was an atheist, and he hated the church and the Bible. And he had stated that within 100 years of his death, the church would no longer exist on planet Earth. After his death, his home in Geneva, Switzerland, was purchased by the Geneva Bible Society for the purpose of distributing Bibles. Now think about that. What the devil meant for evil God turned it around and used it for a storehouse to send out the word of God. The church has, has and will always outlast kingdoms, companies, armies, 
assaults, threats, calamities, disasters, viruses, plagues, strife, and the division that the enemy's trying to bring in, hatred, we will always rise up if the church will pray. We'll always be the head and not the tail. We'll always come out on top if we stay with God and keep him first. Listen, let me help you here. Okay, the church is not protected by no man. It ain't protected by no government. The church is only protected by God himself. And how is it protected? When we invite God in through prayer and faith and activate his word by believing what God has said and standing on his word and coming against the gates of hell like never before. Saying, no, not here. Not in my house. Not in my family. Not in my church, not in my city, not in my state, not in the nations of the world. Devil, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to arise and I'm going to pray. I'm going to cry out to God. I'm going to look to him. Not to man. I'm going to look to him. Listen to what God is saying. Get in his words. Get into his word and say his words over your life. Frame your world with his words and watch things begin to change. And you go, well, you don't know. My whole world has crumbled. Well, guess what? Get in there and start over again. Build a new foundation. Build a new frame. Frame things up better than they've ever been before. God will come in and what you think the enemy has shattered to pieces. God will come in and make it better than what it was before. Oh, that's so awesome. There's nothing on planet earth as secure as the church. So listen, some of you have gotten a little bit listening to what the devil's been saying in the world and saying, oh my God, look, you know, people ain't coming to church no more. Oh my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I'm going to pray. I'm going to do my part. That's all I can do is my part. You do your part, and guess what? If you'll keep doing your part and I keep doing my part, and other people start seeing we're doing our part, then guess what? They'll start coming back. They'll start connecting. They'll say, well, if they can do it, and they're still standing, and things seem to be going better for them, not worse, well, then guess what? They're going to go, whoa, maybe I better get back up in this thing and pay attention. God provides for his house. God provides for his people. So that what? So that we can provide for his house and do the work about the father's business. Okay? In order to preach the gospel, in order for people to get saved, in order for people to be healed and made whole and delivered and set free, it takes a people, it does take a church, and it does take finances. And so what's he going to do? He's going to use you and he's going to use me. We go out, we work. God gave us that job. God gave us that paycheck. Then we give them our tithes, we give them an offering off of that. And I'm telling you, when there seems to be no way, God makes a way. That in the time of famine, God's people will still be blessed. They won't go backwards, they will go forward. We will be the head and not the tail. We will prosper. And what a witness will that be when people are looking and saying, man, my life has fallen apart. You can say, but with God, God will make it better than what it was. That even in the midst of all this turmoil, you can have peace, you can have joy, you can have love, you can have more than enough. What an awesome testimony is that right there about the goodness of our God. Now, God has given each and every one of you gifts and talents and abilities, and he gave them to you for a greater purpose than just making money. 
So it doesn't matter how many degrees you have behind your name or how many, you know, uh, you know, how smart someone thinks they are or how menial you think your job is. God still gave that to you for a purpose, not just for making money. He gave it to you, one, to witness, but then when we receive that money, like I said, then we use it for God. It brings people into the kingdom. He gave them to us for a greater purpose. He placed each and every one of us. We all have different gifts and callings. None are greater than any others, but they're for a different purpose. And, but they're all for God, and they're all very important. So never, ever look at what you do or where you work or, you know, whatever you do in the church saying, well, that's, that's not really nothing. I don't really do. Oh, yes, you do. You're doing God's purpose. You're in that place for a purpose. There's somebody watching your life. You may not even think you've ever said anything, but they're watching you. They're watching you. They're watching you on the sidelines. He placed them in us. So that we would go and sow into that place that God has placed us. And then God would put things in us to go back out and to sow into other places. To bring them back into the house and take them back out. It's all about kingdom business. It's all about growing God's family. That's what we're here for. And listen, if you'll take care of God's business, he'll take care of yours. I'm telling you that both spiritually, physically, and financially, you do God's business. And no matter what the devil is doing all up around you, God will take care of your business. We've only just scratched the surface of this amazing blessing that is ours through being an active part of God's church, of God's family. But, you know, there is no limit to God. There is no limit to what he can do in us, no limit to what he can do through us. The only one that puts limits on God and on the church is us. See, we need to, be, we need to step up our level of faith and really be believing that people are going to come in here and be watching and be healed of cancer, be healed of a death th- sentence. Be given new organs. Be restored back to better than what they were before. Marriage is being restored. Families being restored. Addictions being broken once and for all. People's lives where their minds have been tormented or maybe damaged or whatever. got being restored to a sound mind. Bodies being brought back to life. People coming to Jesus for the first time. I'm telling you, there's no limit. And if we'll start believing in the greater that God has called us to do, we'll start seeing the greater. Because I believe we're in the times of the greater if we're believing it and expecting it. You know, if you never really believe something or never really expect it, guess what? It ain't going to happen for you. You can talk yourself right out of it. But you can also talk yourself right into it with the Word of God. Because God's Word brings life. Let me just tell you a little story. Like I said, the limit is up to us. Remember the story in 2 Kings and 13, I think it's 20 through 21 there, it talked about Elisha's bones and the dead man. Remember that? You know, remember Elisha had died, and it talked about that there was a band of Moabites invaded the land, and they were coming in, and it came to pass as they were trying to bury a man, that behold, they spied this huge band of men coming in. 
And so they threw the man in real quick into the sepulcher where Elisha's body was. And as they let the man down and he touched the bones of Elisha, he was revived. He came alive. Now think about this. This man had such a power of God in his life that even after he was dead, the power was still in his bones. Shut up in his bones. So that when a dead body touched them bones, he came alive. What an amazing story. A man of God that had so much power in his life that it still remained in his bones. When thinking of the prophets and all the mighty people of God, we have a tendency to think that they were always like that. However, that's not the truth. They were ordinary people just like you and just like me. You know, the Bible says that Elijah, the prophet before Elisha, was a man like passions just like us, yet he had great power in prayer. He was a praying man. Everybody needs to pray. You go, well, I'm not a, quote, prayer warrior. No, everybody's called to pray. If you're a believer and a Christian, you need to pray. And if you're not, you better get praying. If this ain't, this year ain't made you pray, I don't know what's wrong. Then something's dead. You need your bones revived, okay? Our prophet Elisha before was a farmer before becoming a prophet. He was faithful to God. He honored his parents. He was a worker. We find him plowing when Elijah threw his mantle on him. He must have been reasonably wealthy, though, because he had servants plowing with the other 11 yoke of the oxen. More than all of this, he must have been a man after God's own heart, like David was. His life and devotion before being called to be a prophet was what God saw. God knew he could trust such a man with his anointing. We need to ask ourselves that question. Can God trust us with this anointing? I believe the increased anointing that he's wanting to bring on each and every one of our lives to be able to go out here and really make a difference like ever before. Can we say, yes, God, you can trust me with that anointing. I will honor it. I will glorify your name. I will pray and I will do my best to serve you with all of my heart. Elisha did not become a prophet at first after his call and commitment. Neither did David after being anointed king. David became an armor bearer and a music minister to King Saul. And Elisha became a servant to Elijah just the way his servant Gehazi had, had did to him. So really what I'm saying is, look, don't say, oh, well, they were special men. No, they were just like you and me, going about the Father's business, praying, seeking God, loving God. And God said, I can use them. See, you don't have to be in a pulpit. You don't have to be on the praise team. You don't, quote, have to say, well, I don't do any of that. So God said, oh, no, God, when you got saved, God called you immediately. God has called each and every one of you. Each and every one of you have a call on your life. It just looks different for each and every one of us. But each and every one of you have a special call, a special call. And God is wanting to increase his anointing on each and every one of you. But will we be found faithful? Can we say, God, yes, you can use me. 
Because remember, you're the only one who limits God. You're the only reason that things are maybe not happening the way you thought they should. Or maybe you say, well, you know what? I thought God said something to me a long time ago. Well, maybe you need to go back and revisit and say, God, what am I doing to hold up the process here? What am I doing? See, a lot of times we're all the time saying, God, why aren't you doing And God's saying, I've been waiting on you. So sometimes we need to go back to the very last thing that God asks us to do and then say, did I do that? Or, God, what is the next thing you want? See, sometimes when prayer, we're doing so much talking, we haven't heard what Daddy's trying to say. So let's take the limit off of God today. Because, listen, in the same way for us, when we intentionally, on purpose, connect ourselves to God and then to a local church, the life of Jesus will begin to flow into every part of your life in a different way. See, there's something supernatural the way God set it up. See, that when you came into a church, there's Jesus, then there's a pastor, and then there's a people. And when you're in that order and under that protection, there's a supernatural flow. But now that means more than you just coming and sitting on the front row. That means more than you just showing up. That means you becoming and getting connected. That means you caring for God's house and every, just like you would your own personal house physically in the natural home you live in. Let's get connected because when you do, there's a supernatural flow. You'll become stronger. You'll become better. You'll become connected and you'll become planted and then you'll really begin to grow. As Pastor Ron comes, you know, let's make a commitment today that, you know, with God, I want that anointing to increase so that I can go and touch others' lives, so that I can make a difference, so that the super can come on my natural. So I'm telling you, I'm going to begin to believe for supernatural, miraculous, creative miracles to happen all around me. No matter where I go and whatever I say and whatever I do, God's super will come on my natural, not just for me, but for others. Let's make a choice Let's make a decision today on purpose to say, God, let me really, really become an active participant in your house. I don't want just to keep going through the motions. I don't want my life to just go through the motions. My relationship with God, my relationship with my church, I don't want to just go through the motions anymore. I want to become actively involved personally intimate with God, even in a greater way than I ever have before. I want to become actively involved in, in my church family. And I know it's been hard. Listen, you know, there's still a lot of people that are not in the house for whatever reason, you know, but it's time to get back to Father's business. Unless you have health issues and all of that, you need to stay at home, but be faithful to listen to the word. And then listen to it again and again. You know, not just on Sunday. Go back and listen on the podcast or go back on the webpage. You can go back and listen to all of the messages. All of the ones that have been ministered on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm telling you, there's something about getting connected. But there's something about going on with Daddy's business. Because there's people that don't know God like you and I know Him. And maybe you're watching today. And you say, well, I don't really know God on that level. 
but I'd like to have that intimate relationship. I'd like to pray with you today so that you can receive him. Or maybe you've said, you know, I used to know him at one time like that, but I've gotten away and really it's just been with all this that's going on. I feel so far from God, but yet I know he's in my life, but yet I feel far away. Let me pray with you. The first one we're going to pray is for Jesus to come into your life for the first time. Father, in the name of Jesus, just repeat this after me. Say, Dear Lord, come into my life. Be Lord of my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all of my shortcomings. I believe you died for me. And God, even though I don't know everything to do and how and what to say, I cry out to you today. Come into my life. Take charge. Change it. Direct my steps. And I will follow you in the name of Jesus. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer... You can simply contact the church by phone. You can contact the church by going in on Facebook and sending a private message. And we'll be glad to send you some uh, first-time material that would help you through this decision and help you with the next steps in life. Amen. Now, the next one I'd like to pray is those of you that feel so far away from God through all of this. You've been just feel like you've been just separated. You've been disconnected. You haven't been praying and you haven't been spending time with God. And the fire just doesn't seem like it's there anymore because you've been going through the motions. And now it's gotten easy to stay at home. It's gotten easy to just occasionally, well, I'll just watch it whenever then they're recording it. I can just go back and watch it whenever, but the connection's not there. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just pray right now. Oh, bring your people back to you, God. Bring them back to you, Father. I declare right now a supernatural peace. Rest on your people right now. I declare every tormenting devil, every tormenting spirit right now, you've got to leave. I declare spirits of oppression and depression right now got to leave. I declare that spirit of fear that is trying to come on your people to go right now. I thank you, God, right now for a refueling and a refiring upon your people. God, oh, let them cry out to you, Father, and get on their knees. Cry out to you like never before, God. Cry for the anointing to come back into their life or to increase into our lives. In Jesus' name, I thank you right now. I thank you right now. There's a healing. There's a healing. There's healings going on. I'm telling you, there's people that have been having a lot of eye issues. There's pressure in the back. There's been bleeding even in eyes. Ruptured of blood vessels in Jesus' name. Been told of loss, going to lose eyesight. I declare right now healing in eyes. Cataracts being healed. God, give doctors wisdom for surgeries and treatment. Some supernaturally, they go back, it's gone. It's gone. The mending of the socket right now in Jesus' name and blood vessels. I declare total restoration in eyes right now in Jesus' name. 
And I thank you. Thank you for it, Father. Oh, we thank you. You know, you may be watching today, too, and go, what you know, I'm telling you, I just, I've been battling this spirit of fear I just keep hearing. I mean, where it's like you, it's been gripping you, just grips you at every little thing. To where it's just causing you that, you know, no matter where, if you want to go or you want to do something, that fear. Now, let me tell you, the enemy will use fear to bring on you the very thing you fear. So we're going to bind that today. But you need to start saying what God says. Look, we're in the technology today. Not only do you hear the word, but you can Google scriptures on fear. Google scriptures on health and wholeness and peace. Google it and begin to read those things and read it and listen to yourself. And then begin to say it and say it. It'll get down in your spirit. I'm going to tell you, the Lord says, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but I've given you a spirit of a sound mind. How can we go and tell if we're afraid? How can we go and tell if we won't even go? Now, yes, we have to use wisdom, but I'm going to tell you something. The house of God is the best place for you to be right now to get encouraged and to get strengthened. If you can go to Walmart, if you can go to, you know, uh, uh, you know, Target, if you can go to Whole Foods, if you can go out to eat, if you can go to the doctors, you're out in public. Okay, you're amongst people. Here at the church, you can wear your mask. We'll give you a mask if you don't have one. We're keeping you separated. We have sanitizer galore. We're cleaning the bathroom every time anybody goes. So we're, but I'm telling you, Now's the time to get back in the house of God, to get yourself strengthened and renewed and refreshed because people out there that don't know anything about this, they need you. They need us. They don't need us shut up in the house. I'm sorry. Now, like I said, let me go back and clarify. Those that have health conditions, have immune systems that need to be uh, protected, you need to stay home but be watching the Word. Be watching, watching, listen, staying connected. Reaching out to people in the church, in the body. Staying connected with one another. Calling them, praying with one another. Stay, I'm telling you, it's a time to stay connected. Because that's where the strength is going to come. And that's where the revival is going to come out there. Because we got to be strong enough to go and tell and go and show. Amen? I'm telling you, people need us. They're hurting. They're wanting to end their lives. Because they feel so helpless and hopeless. And how are they going to know? It's going to be you and me. Some Jesus with skin on. So I encourage you today. Get in the word. Get the revelation of God's love for you. And know that we love you here at Passion Church. In any way that we can help you or pray for you. Please contact the church. Go on the website. You can privately put messages on there. Of saying here's a prayer request. Or if you'd like information, we'll do everything we can to help you. But to know we're praying for you. Those of you that are part of the body that are not here, we love you. We miss you. And we're always praying for you. And know God, God is bigger than anything that's going on right now. God is your everything. Let him be your everything this day. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.